0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast. The title of today's message is Plowing Our Fields. Now last Sunday, Daryl taught us an important lesson using Luke chapter 9 and verse 62 as the key text. Let's read that again and I'll use the New International Version for most texts. Jesus said, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Today we'll look at more of what Jesus said so that all of us can put our hands to that plow and plow our fields. Let's start by continuing to read in Luke's gospel what happened immediately after Jesus' words about putting our hand to the plow. Luke chapter 10, the first two verses. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus likened his mission to a harvest field. Our harvest field is a field from which a harvest, a crop, is expected. The ground is plowed, seeds are sown, the field is watered, and finally a crop is harvested. And Jesus called himself the Lord of the harvest. He is in charge of this harvest. His disciples, you and I, are those who are sent out to work in his harvest field. So, having told his disciples that they need to be committed, faithful, obedient workers, workers who put their hand to the plow and don't look back, Jesus then told them about the field that they must plow. The field that we are to plow is Jesus' harvest field. For the 72 their first harvest fields would be the towns and places on Jesus' planned route. Thirty-six teams of two would go out and plough these fields, preparing each town and place for Jesus' arrival. But Jesus himself had a much bigger vision than just these towns and places. As the Lord of the harvest, he was looking for a worldwide harvest. For Jesus, His harvest field is their whole world. Now, as Jesus spoke, the 72 were probably picturing the towns and places that they were going to as their harvest fields. But Jesus' picture of the harvest field was much, much bigger than that. Maybe this picture will help us to get an idea of Jesus' picture of the harvest field. Here's a picture of a field with a map of the world on it. Thinking of his harvest field, Jesus told his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I wonder if the disciples would have remembered these words when Jesus later commissioned them. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. Go and make disciples of all nations. And Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is the Lord of the harvest and his harvest field the whole world. That is a huge field. That's why Jesus needs a lot of workers. That's why he tells us the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, let's try and make this more real for all of us. Think of any place in any area of any country I'm thinking. Durban beachfronts, Durban inner city, Mumbai, Umthlanga rocks, Cape Town, London, Hollywood, New York City, Nasi Bay in Madagascar, New Delhi in India. Where are you thinking of? Do you get the idea? You see, whatever place we are thinking of, the Lord wants workers in that part of his field. He also wants workers in places that we've never heard of, because every place and every person rarely matters to Jesus. So Jesus says, Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Friends, let's ask and as we ask, let's make ourselves ready to go. Because all disciples of Jesus are called to be his field workers. Now, as I say this, I'm aware of two groups of people. Some of us, we think of being a field worker for Jesus as a very scary thought, maybe a terrifying thought. And others of us find the thought really exciting. We see exciting adventures waiting for us. Please may I speak briefly to each group. First, may I speak to those of us who find this scary or even terrifying. I can remember us singing this song. It went something like, Here am I, send me, I'm available. It's a beautiful song. Some of us had tears in our eyes as we sang it. But I think that many of us were really praying in our hearts something like this. There he is, Lord, send him. There she is, Lord, send her. We were having visions of hot, smelly, dirty, noisy places of trying to connect with strange people who we couldn't understand, of of going to places where Christians were persecuted, even killed. We were afraid that God would send us to our worst nightmare of a place. Friends, we need to remember who our Father is, who our Lord is. He's our good shepherd who knows us really, really well, even better than we know ourselves. Jesus knows what we can cope with and what we can't cope with. He also knows how to work in us and through us so that we do things that we never dreamed we would do. Let's let the scriptures encourage us. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do And 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 Such confidence we have through Christ before God not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves But our competence comes from God. Friends, we don't have to be afraid of God's assignments. Jesus has actually been preparing us for them. He will equip us. He will make us competent to do whatever it is that he calls us to do. Next, may I speak to the adventure seekers, the adrenaline junkies. I remember a team leader clarifying the purpose of our mission trips to a group that was keen to visit Madagascar. He said with a knowing smile, this is not apostolic tourism. He knew that some of us saw missions as an opportunity for adventure, a chance to see the world. But our mission was actually to reach the lost. And to build up the disciples. While some of us are terrified of being sent out. Others of us are terrified of being told to stay. And to faithfully plow the field of the place where we are living and working right now. If you are seeking adventure. I can assure you that the Lord does have adventures for you. But they may not be the adventures that you have in mind right now. Trust the Lord. He knows what is best. He knows better than you and I. Be faithful and obedient and plow the field that the Lord has put you in. You'll be surprised what adventures are waiting for you in your own community, in your own workplace, even in your own household. And when God does give you the opportunity to go somewhere else, go with the heart to minister to the people there and know that this also will be an amazing adventure. In the end, friends, Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. Let's trust Him to send each of us into the right fields. Let's be faithful with the fields that He assigns us, with both neighbours and nations. You know, if all of us will trust Him and obey Him, He will send the right workers into the right place and the harvest will be reaped. Let me finish with some practical pointers on ploughing our fields. Number one. Plough where you are right now. Acts chapter 2 verses 46 and 47. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Friends, this first amazing mission field for the early church was their immediate community. It started in their homes, it spread into their communities, into their city and the Lord added daily to their number. Some of us, we think of mission fields as far away places but your first mission field is where you live right now. The first 72 went to places that were in walking distance. They didn't get on ships to the ends of the earth. They walked to those places. Our homes, our workplaces, our streets, our neighborhoods. These are our first mission fields. It's great to have our passports ready and to travel to other nations. It really is. But until the Lord of the harvest sends us to these other nations, let's be faithful and plow the fields that God has put us in. Number two, plough with your presence. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Friends, part of our ploughing is simply to be present and visible in our community. As pagan as it may be, we are called to live good lives there. Unbelievers who see us may initially think that we're weird or we're wrong. But when they see how we live, when they see our good deeds, they will see the goodness of God. So plow. With your presence be present with the people around you number three plow by passing on the truth 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 this text I want to read from the New Living Translation you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Here Paul describes this work of discipleship as receiving teaching and passing it on. And the people we pass it on to, pass it on to others. It's all about passing on the truth. When you and I have a chance to chat with somebody, don't feel like, You've got to come up with something new or something blindingly brilliant. Just humbly share what you have been taught. So, plough by passing on the truth. And lastly, plough by demonstrating your discipleship. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Friends, what people see in us can have a huge impact on them. What they see us do is powerful. If we are following the example of Jesus, that allows them to see what it means to follow Jesus. Because we can say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but that that sounds esoteric. They don't know what that means. But if they can see us living the life, our example shows them what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple. It also gives them a clearer picture of what Jesus is like. So let Christ in you reveal Christ to those around you. Plough by demonstrating your discipleship. Let me conclude. Jesus called himself the Lord of the harvest. His harvest field is the whole world. Every place and every person matters to Jesus. So Jesus needs workers everywhere. This includes the places where we go normally, and places that we haven't thought of. Let's ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into His field and let's go to the places where He sends us. Let's plow our field, starting where we are right now, being present in our communities, passing on what we have learned and by showing by example What it means to follow Jesus. If we will all do this, there's going to be an amazing harvest. And there will. So let's do it, friends. Amen.